0: an intro
1: that's I, one. <laughs> it's been so long i don't remember intros that's just blah 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 um and if you didn't read the title um this is what did you do and this is d and we're back and this title this this intro is so bad
0: yeah so my name is charnel thank you for allowing me to introduce myself giving me that space it's very kind of you um but we are back after a long long I won't even call it a break, because it wasn't even intentional. We were just out here trying to make life make sense. Um,
1: (sighs) Life really happened in that time, but, I mean, here we are. I mean, once again,
0: we don't... This isn't our job, so it is...
1: And also, 2020 is trash. I just want to repeat how, like... (sighs) It is a test of all our wills, 2020. That's what that is.
0: I will say that 2020 is terrible, but I also... light at the end of the tunnel for me is that your boy is also going to be class of 2020 so Ooh, i am really excited oh it's, it's so close um meanwhile so y'all... i still
1: haven't gone back
0: <laughs> <laughs> so y'all pray for me while i push through this last bit um but yeah so that's my that's the only thing i'm looking forward to is that i can just you know update the resume
1: i mean i could too because i got promoted so hey that's Happen, yeah. So what a blessing, because I mean, it's time for us to move on. It's time for us to get a house. I'm tired of my neighbors. It's great.
0: <laughs> yeah, it sounds like adult stuff that I'm not venturing into quite yet. Yeah, such a so... And then
1: he's gonna be the first one to get the house between the both of us. He's like, I'm not told... ready for it. I bought a house next episode.
0: <laughs> I, that's probably because I wasn't ready for it though either. um I'll buy. I'll do things I'm not prepared for because it's called faith. But I. <laughs> I'm a church boy, but I'm not. I'm not getting into that. That's not what we're doing today. Um, I have some housekeeping to do housekeeping. before we move forward here. And I realized I wasn't on my notes, so let's click over. There we go. Um, we're gonna shout out our new patrons, patrons, patrons. I have not sent your stickers out yet because life, but I will make sure I do that uh, this week. So keep your eye out. Uh, but shout out to Icarus. Hi, Icarus. Um, no last name. I like the my- the mystery. Keep it up. Uh, perfect for this show i uh what is it connie cooney i hope hey, that's connie. i'm pronouncing her connie i hope i'm pronouncing it right i just do first
1: later. names i'm not doing the last name
0: i have to because it shows up on the on i know the thing.
1: one of us has um
0: it. shout out to stephanie starkey
1: hey stephanie um,
0: member of the crew if yes. you guys are not part of the crew get on the crew I- on facebook <laughs> yep Community is important in these crazy times.
1: Listen, I saw the nine <laughs> messages on my phone, and I was like, "Oh, he must have posted something because my like Facebook messages were going crazy." I'm like, "Oh, that's not a regular."
0: I was just trying to tease. I'm like, "Hey guys, we're recording, yeah, But also, how are you doing? That way, people are like aware. Um, but also, a shout out to Shirley Gray. Hey Thank Shirley. you guys for for connecting with us in the way that you did and yes. supporting us in the way that you did,
1: especially during these covidious times
0: it definitely yeah it's definitely very sweet of you Mm -hmm. um and i feel like we need to we'll set. i'm not gonna make any promises but we do need to set up another like what did you do zoom happy hour because those were so much fun yes um Mm -hmm. people were showing up and it was funny and it was it was a mess more so on my part because i don't know technology but (laughs) (laughs) i can edit a whole podcast but i can't operate a camera so uh
1: we all have flaws
0: yes we do so to kind of set this up, if you guys haven't read, if you just clicked blindly when What Did You Do pops in your podcast apps, love you for that too. But we are covering the kidnapping and the murder of one Nicholas Markowitz today. Um, and just to kind of set the tone, one of my favorite things about this particular podcast um, is our ability to speak not just to the mental health aspects of all of this, but also like the sociological effects yeah. uh, that community has on us and the decisions that we make. Um, The things that we value that make us do wild, crazy, sometimes destructive and violent things uh, to retain them or obtain them. Um, One of those things is dinero, some coins, dollar, dollar bills, y'all. Right. (laughs) It makes people do wild things. It's an insane motivator. And we know that. And so that plays a huge role in what happens in this case, why things happen and how things are able to continue to happen. Because money tends to be the push.
1: Money is a factor for criminal activity, and is definitely the center star of this
0: episode. Right. Remember the time we told BET? Oh, I shouldn't say that. (laughs) I remember. (laughs) Uh, I'm leaving that in. Whatever. You should. (laughs) Shame, because I didn't get picked up. Right. Remember we told them that they took all our ideas to television, but. (laughs) Whatever, you <laughs> say like this or whatever they can they can email me, because right. um, they never did uh, or, after or pay us. If it's not if it's not a, it's not, a it's not an invoice or something, I want to hear it. Right. Um, either way, so <laughs> <laughs> so we start here on the morning of August sixth. Nick Markowitz is walking down the street, you know, slowly enjoying. The outdoors. When suddenly a white van pulls up. Always a white a gr- van, by the way. It's always a white, man. Always it a white always van. It always is. And a group of men jump out, including one Mister Jesse James Hollywood. Yes, the name is obnoxious. I hate it. Yes, he's just as obnoxious as you think his name is. I hate it. They jump out and proceed to beat up Nick. They assault him. Um, people around would say that the kid was slumped on the ground, and they mm-hmm. throw him
1: mm-hmm.
0: into the van and drive off.
1: I mean it was him against 3 people.
0: So Yeah, Nick is also 15. Yes. So this is something to keep in mind. So, to go back and explain what's happening because in order to understand this case, we couldn't just jump into what happened, i.e. the kidnapping and the murder without understanding all the things that came before. Right. There are a lot namely. of
1: people connections. Uh Right. So, we have to go kind of through that for you to understand why that happened.
0: Exactly. Context is important. Remember, words mean nothing without context. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we have to talk about the dynamics that were, you know, afoot and how that set the stage for the crimes to take place actually. So first, let's talk uh, talk about the the facilitator or whatever you want to call it of or the mastermind Ring mastermind. Bring, that's a perfect word. See, this is why we do this. <laughs> this is why we this is why we work because you understand that I have too many words in my head and i have Um,
1: nothing (laughs) ringleader was all i had
0: (laughs) well i appreciate that nothing then nothing was something amen so the ringleader jesse james hollywood um at this time um in august of 2000 jesse was a 20 year old and he was running a very successful marijuana drug business um with his father jack hollywood Again, doesn't yes, sound... He
1: he. This is definitely a family business joint venture right. type situation. So his dad was a drug dealer, and I mean, it makes sense because he named his son Jesse James Hollywood. So
0: right, his dad was his supplier. His yes. dad he he would Jesse James would say in his in his testimonies and and confessions and stuff later on that he had no idea when he was growing up that his dad was running drugs, which he didn't realize that they just randomly had money to go on vacations and take his friends with them. It's all this stuff. Um, I don't remember what Jack did for for his real job. Um, I know way.
1: he was also the literally coach in the town of West Hills. Right. So it was interesting because that, that gives him <laughs> access to people, though. Now, like, of course, that's not does. a job, but it gives him <laughs> access to people, youth and stuff. Um, so it's easy to push your product.
0: You're absolutely right. Um, and at this point, uh, in this, in this, in history and time, Jesse was bringing in a fair share of money. He, he had testified at some point, uh, at one point to making $10,000 a month selling marijuana and another thousand installing hardwood floors. Cause you need your cover. Right you need your cover. Um he was making enough money that he purchased a $250,000 California wrench style home. He was doing like, what
1: I want to do, tw- buy right, a house
0: at, at 20 years old. So. Yes. So <laughs> he's he's ahead of our our career curve. choices. <laughs> no, I'm yeah. i I could be salty about that. I think that's I think that's acceptable. Um but yeah, so as far as Jesse James uh, is concerned, uh this house would act as his base of operations. It would also be the site of constant, persistent, perpetual parties. <laughs> yes, yes. Lots Every of night.
1: partying, lots of people people in and out.
0: Oh man. So. I remember growing up in a drug house, look, the amount of foot traffic that a drug dealer has is ridiculous. And I used to think everybody was my mama's friend. So <laughs> I'm like, hey my mom is popular. We'll just- I can't wait to grow up and be just as popular. And again, we talked about career choices, um, <laughs> but kind of describing Jesse James, we you when you think about all the things he's doing and being in the business that he's in, you might imagine this like strapping, broad, you know, uh, guy. In fact, he was nicknamed Shawn Michaels because he looked like the wrestler Shawn Michaels. Looks, he's still alive. But he was only five foot five inches, about one hundred and forty pounds. Yeah, he was Um,
1: very
0: small, very small. But we can talk about how he commanded the respect of the people in his circle. One, you know, he like D mentioned earlier, a lot of these guys he grew up with, they were on his dad's little league team, Mm -hmm. and so was he. Clearly, yes. And so he met them there. So when you grow up together, and we, if you think about all your childhood friends that you still are connected to now. You also know all of their dirty little secrets, Mm -hmm. like the things they've done, the thing they're connected to. But not only that, they're also connected to your drug business. They're running drugs for you. I mean, so you go ahead.
1: Yeah, no. So being that he was small and he had all these people and connections. I mean, a lot of these guys ended up working for him in different capacities, not just dealing his drugs. They were definitely muscle in the group. Uh, Huh.
0: I said for sure. That yeah, was a okay, I don't know what she said. It was there it was, was affirmative, man. <laughs> there was
1: muscle in the group. People fight you fighting for him instead, you know, and he'll just tell people where to go and what to do. And they listened to him. They listened to him also because if they owed him money, hey, like I'm right. gonna work for this kid, so I don't have to owe this kid a debt.
0: Right. Jesse had all the power and had all the money. Yes he and did. And he definitely was not afraid uh, to use them to serve his own purposes at right. all. And we'll learn that a little bit later. Um, what I, The next person I want to talk about is the victim in this case. Right. Um, and that is our 15-year-old uh, Nicholas Markowitz. Um, his mom would describe him as more of a head-in-the-books kind of kid. Oh, definitely. Where he wasn't really into sports, even though he was six feet tall already no, at 15 years No, he did the old.
1: high school production. He was that kid. He was a high school right. production. Um, he did like peer leadership in his high school. Mm-hmm. You know, like he, he was-, was really a, a model student and person until he started to rebel a little bit
0: right he was definitely one of those kids who were in his head you know funny dramatic engaging um he was also interested in astronomy heavily like love he had a telescope night gazing stargazing all that stuff um but that being said like d said nick is still a teenager and being a teenager you cross paths with people who who suggest things and you're like well that doesn't seem like a bad idea because you're 15 and so you get, you engage, right? You just, it just happens. Um, I remember getting caught in some situations just because it seemed like a good idea at the time. At 30 years old, I know better. But at 15, I would have been like, yeah, when when are you picking me up? So, but he's still a teenager and he would give his parents those headaches at times. So enjoy, you know, hanging out with his friends. He That included lighting up. And for those of y'all who ain't down with the get down, that means smoking weed um, <laughs> and staying out past. Uh, the curfew his parents had set for him. Mm-hmm. Um, I know he was once arrested in school for having a part of a joint in his backpack. Yeah. So like he he started to again rebel just a little bit, start kind of acting out, not in a way that you would Im- that would imply that he's out of control, but in the way that you know a fifteen year old kid. It was would. weird
1: because he had the weird thing going on, but he also did Valium, so that was uh, right. very, very well. Yeah, the value choice.
0: Well, we could we could definitely talk about what what you know causes the escalation right. um, as we go, um, but whenever there was tension, because I know and you all know who are listening and who argue with your parents, if you could, you would leave. Any opportunity you could get out of your house, you would do it. Right. Um, for me, it was basketball practice. For other people, you just run to a friend's house. Um, but he would sometimes quote unquote run away, and it was. Not in the, I'm packing up all my stuff and leaving, but he would go to a friend's house for a night. But most commonly, he would go and visit his older brother, Ben Markowitz. He's 22 years old, seven years older than he is. Um, And Ben is actually really interesting to me um, because Ben was a high school dropout. He left home at 15. Mm -hmm. Um, He was kicked out of his home. Well, yeah, left home. I said left home, but he was kicked out, right? he was definitely kicked out. Terrible parents. kicked out is important Um,
1: because Ben's character is, yeah... Ben. Yeah. ben was trouble.
0: Ben was trouble, but, again, if we're, we're characterizing a teenager, he's 15. Um, no, you had him, not, ma'am. Not
1: Nick,
0: Ben. I, what, what? I mean, I know what you're saying. I'm saying trouble. He's When he got kicked out of the house, he was still 15. True,
1: but he was um, continuous yeah. trouble. Like it, It's not like he... You know, it
0: doesn't done. matter. <laughs> you don't kick your kid out of the house for being trouble. Anyway, so... <laughs> <laughs> but the point I'm trying to make... Um, is that while all this was happening and he had this bad kind of reputation and rapport with his with his dad because it was nick's half brother uh, uh nick's mom suzanne did not have did not birth ben um he was already around um but they were very close nick and ben uh he lived uh, ben had lived on his own about 12 blocks away but would always make time to come visit his little brother um and i, I can imagine um when well, i can imagine i watched fatal encounters if you guys don't know what it is it's one of those, like, true crime shows. But his mom was up there talking about how the half-brother thing definitely wasn't even something that crossed their mind. They were just always super close. It's like, my siblings are half-Italian. I'm clearly not. Um, but we wouldn't talk about that. Like, they're just my brother. They're just my sister. It's just... Right. But, you know, and so we, if you grow together, you fight for and against, you know, people for each other. It just... You grow. And that's what they had going on. Um, that being said, though, because D talked about the trouble, Ben was pretty wild, um, and had a pretty dangerous life away from the family. He was a known drug dealer as well.
1: Yes, he was.
0: Um, and was also known to nuck if anyone was uh, deciding to buck. Yeah, he
1: was. <laughs> and size-wise, he was the opposite of uh, Jesse James. Right. He was, he was huge.
0: Right. Oh. Um, and he would always walk away from those things, pretty much the winner. And what's funny... Um. Again, talking about how you never know what people's future is going to be. He was actually a one-time national martial arts champion at one point. So if you mix fighting skill with a short fuse, the results aren't always good.
1: Nope.
0: Uh, <laughs> they, were. But they were. They were not. Um, but because of that, uh, Nick's parents would purposely try to create space between the two in the hopes that, that Ben wouldn't wrongly or poorly influence Nick. Um, but... Nick still had those other influences that just weren't um Jesus what am I saying they just weren't his brother um but because Ben was living such, such a reckless lifestyle he was doing all these wild things then that would connect him eventually uh to uh to Jesse James Hollywood they would eventually cross paths they would have to drug dealing in West Hills they would yeah, have to Yeah it's all do the this. same
1: time uh, right. same town and stuff like that So And
0: yeah Um, He'd attend his wild parties and at least once, according to record, he had brought Nick along. Um, But in this weird friendship or partnership, Ben would eventually end up owing Jesse a $1,200 drug debt, which becomes important. Um, But Ben also began to learn of Jesse's shadier dealings, um, like the $36,000 insurance scam that he was trying to run, um, selling parts of his car and then reporting it stolen. Um, But also there was other things happening. Um, if you think it escalates, clearly, again, it does. Um, there's Ben breaking windows at Jesse's house. We talked about his temper before. Um, and he had also left Jesse's threatening messages while friends were trying to tell them to hash it out um, mm-hmm. because people felt like they had to choose sides. But I think things really kind of reached a fever pitch when Jesse had shown up to Ben's fiance's job and kind of ran up a super high bill, didn't pay, but slid her a napkin, which in which he wrote, Ben's dead yeah. on it before and, leaving.
1: Yeah. To additive or Ben's debt, right. you know, Ben owes me, so I don't have to pay this tab. Essentially, um, exactly,
0: yeah. So this All is over
1: twelve hundred dollars.
0: Twelve hundred dollars, which again, is not a lot of money to Jesse James Hollywood, but it's not the fact that it's the money for him. It's the principle to the power of
1: it. And you have that, to understand this too. Yeah. I think this was a major factable, factor, not only just the principle, but the fact that Ben's relationship to J- Jesse, like. Most of the town was intimidated by Jesse. Mm -hmm. Ben was not.
0: Not. Ben was not
1: at all. And I think that bothered Jesse. So he probably went hard after. I mean, he always went hard after his money and made sure people paid him back. But I think this escalated so much because ben was a bigger guy who really did not care about jesse like you know he would threaten like jesse would threaten ben and ben was like i know where you live like it was not like no ben was not backing down like jesse would have wanted him to
0: i like it yeah there it is <laughs> not that i'm advocating violence at all i'm just saying that I appreciate the you don't scare me mentality. I like it. Um so but you're right. You,
1: you have said he, several violent things. <laughs> you've alluded <laughs> to things sure. that you've done.
0: To things I've done, but I've grown, you know. <laughs> I've I've matured and I've met Jesus. So, you know, all these things have attributed to to my growth as a human being. However, these hands still work in some there <laughs> is. <laughs> but but now that we have an idea, um of what's happening and and how tempers are flaring and the temperatures rising as far as, like, violence and things are kind of escalating. At this point, Jesse says, all right, we're going to pull up. Right. Ben's done too much. You know, we're going to run up. We're going to run up in his house. If he's not home, we're destroying stuff. We're breaking windows. I think if the last home, straw
1: was actually the Ben going over to Jesse's and busting windows.
0: Yeah. That's when backwards.
1: Jesse was on the streets looking
0: for Ben. <laughs> yeah. Like, we're taking this to the street exactly <laughs> <laughs> Sorry it sounds like a nineties black movie. Uh, we take it to the street. Um you stomp the stomp the yard. <laughs> Stop. Oh man, that's a dancing movie. Anyway. So again, that sets the stage for everything that happens next, but again we have to kind of set a little bit more context. So we talked about on August sixth that Nick was kidnapped. However, on August fifth, a little before midnight, Nick had returned home to his parents. And they had noticed that he was behaving strangely. He'd seemed off um, in his response and communication with them. And so they determined, probably rightfully so, that he was high off something. Mm -hmm. They also saw a bulge in his pocket and assumed that it was drugs and questioned about what it was. Nick, who is, again, gone off something, objected to all the questioning and asked to have the conversation the next day. Um, His parents obliged, you know, probably realizing the conversation was going to be fruitless. Like, it's... Nothing they're going to say right now is going to land remember with
1: him. It. He was too high.
0: Right. And so what happens the next morning, um, it says that his mom tried to w- go wake him up at 11. He wasn't there. So we're going to assume that sometime before then, 1030 or whatever, that Nick actually decides to kind of sneak out of the house um, to avoid the conversation. That's the assumption that everyone's made. Um, and again, as he starts walking down Ingemar Street, that white van driven by a uh, Jesse Ruggie remember that fun last name we talked about <laughs> um it's William Skidmore and yes the Jesse James Hollywood um pull up on him and again Nick was never the Nick wasn't the target in all this they just they were on their way to Ben's house no and yeah. saw Nick
1: yeah they were looking the, for Ben or on the way to Ben's house and they saw Nick and they're like let's do this instead so it was kind of an a opportunity. last minute um spur of a moment like thing yeah an opportunity
0: and you'll also realize in the way they handle it that you can you can clearly tell this is not what they intended to do because right. they had no idea what to do with nick as like this this three-day ordeal takes place i think it happens over the course of 78 hours right. and so this pulling up beating up of nick and throwing him in a van did not go unnoticed several people witnessed it yeah um however one of them uh, a nice Christian woman. Her name is Paul- Pauline. Pa- of course it is. And- <laughs> <laughs> she was doing her job. Right. This is one of those moments when you should be minding someone else's business. Yeah, right? she did
1: what she was supposed to She went to church and got the word of God. And God told her to pay attention. And she paid Conviction. attention on the way home. And that's what she did.
0: Exactly. Um, and so she ends up seeing what's happening. She sees them kicking and punching a boy. And this is about this is a little before 1 p.m. And so she ends up calling... Nine one one to report the incident, and she not only did she,
1: the van plates. like the
0: license plate numbers.
1: Okay, she <laughs> like, did come work. on,
0: Pauline. She was like, "I've got all the information. I might got I have a little bit of a description, not a lot, but I have a I have van plates, and the van plates. It took them forever to find that van. That van was they stashed it away. Yeah. Um. So, but good job to Pauline, right? Yeah. Kudos for being an anti Karen, I guess. Like doing the right thing at the right time. <laughs> <laughs> at the right time. Know. Is the- but however, they, this is, again, the other, the other time. You know who wasn't they, doing their job? Well, look, don't start. <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so to, to further prove that they had no plans to pick up Nick. So what their initial plans were, we're going to go rough up Ben or destroy his stuff. And then we're going to go party it off. Basically, so what they right, which is wild to me. So what they end up doing is scooping up Nick or snatching up Nick and shooting up to Santa Barbara. But before they do that, before they get there, they pick up Brian Afronti, just a buddy, a twenty-year-old friend of Jesse's.
1: Another witness, and,
0: and right, another <laughs> witness to your kidnapping. Again, they're just not thinking things through. It's like again, bare like minimum effort in this. Um, however, um, he hops in a van and he sees like everything happening, he can clearly, he kind of assumed and gathered using deductive reasoning, what was happening. Um, Mostly because it says that James was saying, or Jesse was saying things like your, de- your brother's going to pay me, you know, and threatening him. If he tries to get away, like, I'm going to hurt you, like hurt you, hurt you. Um, so like, this is clearly, Brian is aware that this is a crime that's right. taking place. He just stepped into an active crime scene, essentially. Huh? However, in this time, he takes Nick's pager. It's 2,000, guys. So remember that. <laughs> it is 2,000. People had pagers still. And his mother was blowing up his pager. Absolutely. Because she wanted to have a conversation about him being high and what he's been doing. But also, you left. <laughs> Where are you? Yeah. Um, so he took his pager, took his wallet, took the whatever marijuana and volume he had on him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they get to this party and... They, well, they get to one of his friends' house, and they end up duct-taping him, uh, binding him with duct tape, blindfolding him, and throwing him into a random bedroom.
1: So here's part of it. Um, what you missed was in the van uh, while this was going on. He started. He actually allowed him to take a volume in a, uh, like, smoke a joint. That was what was said, to help calm him down, which is why he was able to have him in a room or a house full of people <laughs> tied Lord. up. So that was part of it, too, like... He was, he was sedated. He was high at the time that he was tied up. So I think that's why it went a little bit smoother than it should usually go. Because you may wonder, like, okay, how you get past people without screaming or yelling or something? Right. That's, that's pretty much well, it. Well, if,
0: yeah, if you have somebody under the influence walking through a party where everybody else is under the influence. Right. Yeah. And so going through, at least, like, a minimum of two people had looked into the room, um, according to court testifying. Uh, testimonies had looked and saw him bound mm. in the room and again because of who jesse was right and what he was into people saw that and said well you ain't seen nothing if i ain't seen nothing
1: right this is like probably another kid that owes him money jesse's just doing his job scaring him off he's probably gonna let him go i mean just typical you know jesse doing his jesse things
0: but the only thing that made this different was that when people were leaving the party? Jesse was threatening them, letting them know if you saw anything here tonight, you didn't. Or mm. so, <laughs> and right?
1: Again, intimidating. So mm-hmm. they obeyed him.
0: Wouldn't scare me, but it would. <laughs> but I'm also right. You
1: know what I seen at the party?
0: <laughs> I see that, that boy one. in the back. I, look, I'm not. I'm the first one to call the cops once I see other people acting a fool like that. Look. Um,
1: <laughs> Run tell that.
0: Right. It was like, y'all need to get down here to 1417 State Street because um, I I don't know his name, but he looks like Shawn Michaels and he tripping. Yo, so, sidebar.
1: Thinking about this podca- podcast, the other day I was outside in my, um like, just the main area of the apartment and it smelled really funny and strong.
0: Oh, no. Yeah.
1: And I was like, listen. I was like... I told my husband, I was like, you need a text. Um, it's a landlord's brother that does the maintenance. I was like, you need to text him and let him know because I'm not going to be one of those people that smell something funny. And there's a dead body in the house for like five days. It wasn't a dead mm-hmm. body. But I was just making sure I covered all my bases. And that's I mean, what you, I got from the show.
0: You did. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's what I've learned.
0: I love that it taught you things. It did. Well, it, like Won't well, uh, won't you learn something from anywhere
1: so this, um, the moral of the story is run and tell when you see something, kids.
0: See something, say something, yes. Yeah. Um, but however, so what ends up happening now is that they don't have a place to put Nick, right? So the thing is this. One of, one of the things I was thinking about in this is that people knew who Ben was, right? Ben was Ben was a fighter. He was a ruffian. He was also a drug dealer. So you also knew you didn't want to cross Ben. Because unlike Jesse, Ben was ready to handle his own business. Like, he would... so he didn't want to stash him jesse didn't want to stash him in his house because if someone saw him in jesse's house they would go tell ben and i feel like ben would show up and make some mess there should be some furniture moving to get his brother back right you would assume right and so there's no place to stash him so what they were doing where they they was putting it they're putting (laughs) i can't talk today uh, he was like bouncing from house to house. Yeah. And at one point he was in uh, Jesse, Jesse Ruge's and house, house and his dad just thought he was a friend.
1: Yeah. they didn't. The- <laughs> it's weird. Like I could never and being Caribbean, I could never like with my just mom just walk somebody in the house. And my mom just look at me and be like, oh, a friend. Like, absolutely not. First Absolute of all, me either. <laughs> the person walks in the house, she's pulling me in the next room and uh, asking me who they are, who's their parents, why are they here, why they need to stay at mm-hmm. her. And absolutely not. There's no way in a house where my parents pay the mortgage that that's happening.
0: No, my mama would have been like, I, I'd have to do it like this. And I'm sure a lot of people listening can understand this. If I had anyone coming in my house, I had to walk in first and hope my mother was in a good mood or not around, (laughs) right? And say, hey, ma, I've got my buddy, let's say, Brandon with me. Um, We wanted to play video games. Is that okay? And then my mom would say, yeah, sweetie, that's fine. Or, you see the way this house looks? How dare you try to bring somebody in my house? First of all, who is Brandon? I've never met him before. What does his parents do? Where do they live? Like, all these random... Mm-hmm. Like, I'd have to I have to have a resume prepared Listen, to bring anybody I've into had, my house.
1: I had <laughs> one sleepover party growing up in my house. That's it. One. I'm sure my little like friends were like, who are these mysterious black people? Or, like, right. right on there. Because they're all sleeping over each other's house. But I wasn't going to nobody's house and nope. nobody was coming to mine.
0: Unless my unless my mama knew your mama. Right. No, my best friends were all people that my mother was friends with already, like their parents. Right. So that's how we became best friends. I and mean, then we were allowed to sleep over each other's house because my mama knew if I got out of line, they'd get me together. Or if something went wrong.
1: <laughs> exactly. Like would... my mom went to medical school with a lady, and her three daughters were the ones allowed to. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. out. It's, that is it's... it. It's so ridiculous. So the <laughs> fact that you could just bring this random kid into your house and your dad just assumes it's a friend. And who's younger
1: about, because he's he's definitely younger than the rest.
0: Right. But the, again, so this is the 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 thing about Nick is that I mentioned it earlier that Nick yeah. looked older than 15. He did though, yeah. And he was also six feet tall. So if you look at a picture of Nick, like when I first saw, when I first came across this case, I didn't re- realize that Nick was 15 until I was like looking through it. Because um, his picture, to me, I thought it was a senior portrait yeah, or something. Yeah, he looks
1: 18.
0: Yeah, I thought that was just, like, the picture they had used for the, you know, for the the sharing of the story. Right. So, like, maybe his parents, their parents assumed he was an older kid who was, like, an adult, and okay. they let their kids have free reign. I don't know. It's California in the 2000s. People be <laughs> tripping. However, yeah. getting back to this, um, we do know... Um. That Jack and Jesse were in communication with each other during all of this. Yes. Um, Jack is not a good person. No, <laughs> like, that's the.
1: And I, I want to say, like Nick and his brother might have been on the Little League team that Jack coached too. Like they knew, like he knew these kids.
0: Right, and so at some point when they're when people are searching for. When people are searching for Nick, he gets asked this question. And at least one night, he had met up with his, with Jesse during the kidnapping or after the kidnapping had happened, and he was being held. Um, so on August seventh, um, Rudy, I'm gonna get this wrong. It looks like Rudgy. Um, had some friends over to you know smoke up, drink up, and that was Natasha Adams. Yes. Right. Seventeen. Again, underage. Also, like. Don't get me started, Kelly Carpenter, sixteen, and Graham Presley, who was seventeen, and at some point in the night, you know, the party ends at Ruggie's house, and they end up going over to Natasha's house, where again, this is how you know they're not real kidnappers. All right. Jesse Ruggie ends up leaving Nick over there mm-hmm. for a bit, and he was, just, and he's just with the three people who had no idea.
1: So right, so at this <laughs> like point, what was Nick happening is with three people he's his kidnappers are no longer watching him he's free to do whatever
0: right and so one of the things that people are probably questioning right now is like why didn't nick just leave right right one i'm since you brought it up and now kind of colors it differently for me Mm -hmm. that he might have been just kind of allowed to do as much drugs as he wanted and so he could have been just out of it Mm-hmm. You know, and kind of being moved from place to place, party to party, it's easy to continue to to consume whatever's being done.
1: Yeah, and um, no, that's what they said. He was yeah. partying with them, so people were a little right. bit... They saw this kid going around and around, didn't know why he was there, but he was able to party. At one point, they, you know, untied him, and he was free. Right. So... Yes.
0: So that's what I'm saying, is that, like, there's a point where he could have left. And I know that at one point... um, when Natasha, when Natasha and him are having conversations, this is a little bit later, um, but they're having a conversation of, like, why wouldn't you just go? Um, and the, re- the response is, they said, they're going to let me go home. Why am I going to cause trouble? Yeah. Right? So, so you the don't wanna... other... Go ahead. Yeah,
1: the other theory is that he didn't want to cause trouble for his brother, Ben. Right. Remember, he was close to Ben, and he looked up to Pat, Ben, so... You know, any way he could help Ben in his situation. You know, they said they were gonna let him go. He he didn't think anything was gonna happen, and he got the party. He got free drugs. He got to do whatever, while you know, in the situation, he he never thought that he was in any type of danger. At any all.
0: type, because the only the only violence that's mentioned, um, in the in the in everything that I found and like. I feel like we should have like named our sources. So let's just like the Independent and NBC, was NBC, NBC, CBS, mm-hmm. and all these. I'll, I'll list them somewhere in the show notes. Yeah, but like we are, there's a lot of articles, um, a lot of internet blabber. Reddit is a terrible place, but a useful place sometimes. I never go there. Like, you will never go. I know, but <laughs> I live there. And but it's but the only violence that takes place is the initial assault when they beat him up and take him. Right. And then the violence, the ultimate, you know, the death and the killing at the end. Right. So like he wasn't being tortured or like beaten up to to maintain his like good behavior. He no, was just he present. Was
1: partying. They said he yeah. was playing video games. Like he was hanging out. You he know? didn't
0: think something was really wrong. Right. He did not know that anything was was going on, or something. Or at least, at least how serious Jesse was about what was going on. Mm-hmm. And so what happens, two days later on August 8th, it's a Tuesday, um, two days have gone by, which is, if you know, the standard amount of time that you kind of have to pass before you can file a missing persons report, Mm -hmm. because some people aren't actually missing. Mm -hmm. Um, I've argued on the show before, or not argued, but more so submitted, that children are not allowed to go missing. Right. They're just not. They have to be in someone's care. Um, So if your kid runs away from home and ends up living homeless, that is still your fault. Right. So kids are not allowed to go missing. Adults can disappear if they want to, and so. But the two the two days is usually amount of time because if kids run away because they're angry at you, you know, or they're partying, they tend to come home, Mm -hmm. face consequences. Well,
1: his parents believe that um, he was at his brother's house, and well, that
0: tends to be what it is because where he went, yeah.
1: Right, so they actually were contacting Ben, and contacting Ben, and they didn't get to him, too, until August 8th, Mm. and so, because of that, they had to withhold, because he's 15, they could have called the cops right away, but again, they're used to him running off to his brother Ben's house, so when they realized that Ben said, hey, Nick isn't with me, that's when they filed the police report that Nick Mm. was missing.
0: Boom. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so and so, di- um, you
1: remember Pauline?
0: I do remember Miss Pauline. Yes. You gotta call her Miss Pauline, because she's a nice crazy
1: <laughs> So, what's crazy is, so now they have a, a kidnapping case, and you would think, hey, this could probably be linked to Pauline in her phone call that she made, mm-hmm. right? But wrong, because the person who answered the phone at the police department labeled it as just an assault and not a kidnapping. I mm. guess Pauline... I don't know if she emphasized the part that she he was getting picked up. I mean, beat up more and didn't emphasize the fact that they picked him up and put him in the van. But remember she saw the whole thing. Right. Whoever took to the ask call. these questions, though. Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> but you whoever told
0: like ma'am, tell me what you <laughs> see, what you saw.
1: Whoever took the call labeled it as an assault. So by the time the police went out to the location where she saw it happen, everyone was gone. Right. So they just let it go. So the they weren't able been, to connect the phone call to the parents calling on the eighth.
0: Which I think is just, again, terrible police work. Because <laughs> the next question should have been, ma'am, is the victim still there? Can you, can you tell if they're breathing? Listen, like so, right. I feel like I feel like Pauline was like, yeah, they took the kid with them. And that, that guy was like, so beat up a kid, send out a squad <laughs> car. Like, that's what they heard. Like, I'm sure she shared it. Like, she said she shared it. Mm. She testified in court and said she, <laughs> yep. you know, so like it was just missed. Yep. Um, but that same day, we talk about Natasha Adams, yes. um, then 17 years old, started realizing that something was off with all of this. Like, this situation is a little bit heavier than I expect it to be. Um, because of like, I'm sure there are whispers happening around again. Jesse Ruge is the one still in contact with Jesse James Hollywood. I hate his name <laughs> now that you've, like, at first, I was like, that's. Stupid, but kind of cool. But you're right, it's annoying. It's annoying. And so I'm going, because I have to, Jesse Ruge, Jesse James, I don't want to make sure I'm differentiating. But she recognizes that he's still being really strange. And so what she ends up doing is she goes to her mom, who's an attorney, and tells her about the situation, kind of in hypothetical terms. Like, hey, mom, what would happen if you think someone's kidnapped someone, but you're not sure? You know, and her mom's like, well, you would go to the police. (laughs) Like, that's what you would do and she doesn't do that no but instead doesn't. she turns to graham Ms., mr presley um who would tell her that you know they was like she well the question she would ask is what are they trying to do with nick like are they going to kill him or are they going to hurt him and graham kind of eases her her stress and says no they have no intention right of killing nick or hurting nick Everything's fine. Don't do anything to piss uh, Jesse Hollywood off or right. Jesse Ruge. Just stay quiet. But a major part of that just wasn't true because what's factual is that Jesse Hollywood had already a- uh, offered Jesse Ruge money to kill Nick and Ruge refused. So there is Jesse had already made up in his mind that he's killing Nick. Like right. Nick has to go.
1: And this happened because Jesse started to make phone calls. Mm-hmm. Um, you have this person that's been lingering around and around um, that you kidnapped so he started to call the family attorney um, which took care of him and his father obviously it's part of the things you need for the job <laughs> and the lifestyle that you have Right. so he called the family attorney and he asked them hypothetically if somebody was kidnapped what is some of the consequences you would face when the attorney mentioned it was a life sentence he, mm-hmm. that totally flipped the switch. So that was happening behind the scenes. And a lot of people didn't know that he had gone then, but that had flipped the switch for him to decide that Nick had to go.
0: Like if you, there's if there's no kidnapping victim, and again, by the way, guys, I have to stress that is the year 2000. No, not everyone has a camera in their pocket. There's no Snapchat, Instagram right. lives, Facebook lives, back people in the background where you can like search through social media to see, who's who and who's where. It's just, you're just there and then you're not, unless someone has a Polaroid camera. And so, if they if he can make Nick disappear, then there's no case. Right. So that's why, so everyone's like, well, how come no one knows? That's why. It's 20 years ago. Man, we're old.
1: <laughs> I, maybe a year later, got my first like flip phone. Before then, I
0: had a prepaid phone. The I had a singular... Like a singular wireless, remember that? <laughs> Rest in peace. So, but singular wireless, um, like block phone, that yeah. was like a prepaid phone. And I got that in 2006 when I got my first job. Oh,
1: you, you see, yeah. you were behind on the times.
0: I wasn't behind. I just wasn't responsible enough, in air quotes, <laughs> to have a cell phone. The truth is, they didn't want to pay for me to have a cell phone.
1: <laughs> I had a prepaid, too. and then...
0: yeah, the, I don't talk to nobody. All my friends I see every day, and well, I have that... MySpace.
1: But around that time, I don't know, I was working. So, like, was it the yeah, sophomore year I started working? So, that's when I got my LG camera phone and I was bombed. But before then, it was a prepaid Kira He's talking about, you remember. With
0: those CCTV, like, level images, you would be taking in that phone and blurry. <laughs> <laughs> there would have been no use in this either. My They're first like, Who one is was this? a
1: Kira Sierra Verizon
0: Glitter Blue phone.
1: The only wow. game was the little brick game and there was no camera. And then the next year when I was working, I got my LG.
0: Jeez, throwbacks. Either (laughs) way. So, again, what Nick didn't know. So, in this, Nick and everyone has this idea that, you know, Nick is going home. And not only do they have this idea, they're told that Nick is going home. Right. And so, Jesse Ruge gets the idea to go to a hotel. And Natasha, um, Graham, Kelly is also there. They decide to have this idea of having a party. Yes. Like a quote unquote it's it sounds so morbid now to say. What it. do
1: you do during a party but I mean during kidnapping but party?
0: Right. It's weird. But also it's like a going home party. Yeah, you know, it was it was strange. Right. Um and so what ends up happening, um, is that Graham's mom, again, parents. Graham's mom drops uh her name is Christina, drops Nick, Graham, Jesse Ruggie, and Natasha and Kelly off at this motel, um, at five thirty for it is the what is what is the name of this place? The Lemon Tree Inn. That's where they, she drops them off. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I was like, "Where is that?" Um, and she drops them off about five thirty. To clearly knowing that they're partying, it doesn't matter. And
1: <laughs> Some but that's right. Like you, who drops her? Cool kid? parent. If she was like a divorcee. Maybe she wanted her kids to think she was cool. Single
0: I asked too mom. many questions. I don't know. I'm, I'm that parent who's going to be like, "Oh, well, who was you with? Who's going? A hotel." Mostly. Like, let me find out. I'd be like, so mad. I'd be like, let me find out you out here being loose. <laughs> you know, I would be one of those parents. Um, but once again, we talked about how Nick is under the impression that he is safe, that he is by later on this evening. He's going to be dropped off at his house. He'll be in his bed this evening. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, what he didn't know was that Jesse had already made up his mind that Nick had to die. Yes. Um, and like you, we mentioned before, you know, Nick has seen way too much. And if they let him go, he might spill the beans. Um, Other people might notice who he, like, he might say something to Ben, and then Ben, you know, all these things start going up. So Nick has to go. Mm -hmm. And so he calls up his friend, and I put that in air quotes as well, Ryan Hoyt, um, to collect on a debt. Because we talk about how Jesse um, wields debt as a weapon. Like, you owe me, and if you don't. And
1: Ryan had been working off a debt. He was actually towards the end. He only, I think it was a couple thousand he owed. He was like $200 left.
0: Yeah. So he had built up a debt with Jesse. Jesse, I guess, had bought him a car for his birthday, um, which people do a lot. Like, you know, you'll buy someone something like a car, like a cousin. I don't know. I need new friends
1: because this never happened.
0: Well, it happens if your friends have money. Um, It's the only time I've heard about it. I have friends who have had people buy them like cheap cars for their birthday or something because they lost it, you know, because of a car accident or a fire, stuff like that, or it just doesn't work. But apparently bought him a cheap car with the under the condition that Ryan would transfer the registration to his own name. So that way it was his responsibility from then on out. But he never did that. You know, and so what ends up happening, he ends up racking up almost a grand in parking tickets that Jesse was responsible for. He also gave him some weed to flip and he blew all that, smoked it up, I'd imagine. Yep. And so now his debt to Jesse is into the thousands. Right? And so we talk about how he was working off his debt. He was working it off by renovating Hollywood's house. Like he was literally <laughs> fixing up Jesse's house. Yep. Um, putting in new fences, like mowing and planting grass like he had his guy working for him for free like just not for free but like just this is this is the level of commitment that people go to to pay off the debts that they owe instead of just kind of ducking him every time you see him like if you ever been late on your rent you just make sure that your landlord's not around (laughs) and you just like you see the car you just drive around the block until he leaves i don't know when i was like
1: um, single i was bracing cuz listen i don't got the money and you What was it. that? <laughs> I was bold when i was single because that wasn't the case for me.
0: Oh, you were just doing things. I
1: was like listen, you get it when i get it. All right. <laughs> that was like... my favorite saying when i was like single, struggling, working three jobs after my divorce, you get it when i get it.
0: If i ain't got it, what makes you think you gonna get it? what <laughs> i used to tell I mean, people.
1: then i almost got evicted, but sure, whatever.
0: I know. One thing I've like always it. paid is my rent. That's the first <laughs> thing that, because I, I need a place to go. I mean, he ended you up getting it and
1: else. the eviction went away, but I'm just saying. I was working three I'm, jobs. Praise like. God
0: that we're no longer in those situations. Oh, thank you. Um, but outside of Jesse and Ryan's transactional friendship or partnership, whatever you want to call it, people saw Ryan as much more of Jesse's errand boy than his friend um and again it was the way that Jesse kind of lauded his power over people and so he presented Ryan with this way to settle his debt for good so he tasked Ryan with killing Nick once again because Jesse i would say is too much of a punk to do the, to do his own dirty work and like again why 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 spend my money when i can spend yours type vibe like why risk my my freedom when you can risk yours cuz you owe me right um so he actually ended up giving him the handgun uh, to use to complete the job with. And then J- Jesse also borrows a car from Casey Sheehan, his mom's fr- his friend's mom under the pretense that he needed it to move. So he's just implicating all these other people <laughs> into his, into this murder charge essentially. Um, and so he has him giving the keys to Ryan to use for the deed ahead and then ends up taking his own dinner, his girlfriend out to dinner at guess where,
1: no oh, one's going to guess. I, I was going to guess. You. Yeah. Oh. I don't, I don't it's know. It's
0: 2000. Where would people be eating?
1: I don't know. It
0: was very popular. I
1: didn't even read that part.
0: Outback Steakhouse.
1: The- it could have been Applebee's. It could have been. It could have been Chili's. Like no, I'm I,
0: talking 2000s. You remember when Outback's like the advertisement commercials blew up in like 99? I know. I remember the Bloomin'
1: onion like commercials.
0: It was annoying, and Outback is not good. But I, I have don't know. Apple- I by
1: didn't it. even read that. That was very and and it could have been literally. It could have been Applebee's.
0: It could have. I, I, don't get me wrong. Apple. I was talking to a friend the other day. I'm sorry, guys, listening. You like to stay on track. I was. I was talking to a friend the other day about Applebee's placement and how they're purposely in front of movie theaters every time, All the time. Be- because they know nobody would want to eat there if they weren't convenient to the movie that they were going to see later. Like, I just know, I know that's the business plan. Yeah. But it at this
1: point, everyone's just putting their, you know, fast food in their purses and going to the movie theaters. It just me.
0: Me. I'll tell you the story about how someone tried to call me out for eating Burger King and black Panther. <laughs> <laughs>
1: He was definitely
0: not a pro black person. No, it was it was it was definitely a black person.
1: How um, dare
0: you? They were they were. <laughs> it's a theater full of black people. What an
1: Uncle black. Tom!
0: And they were like, yo, who got Burger King? And I was they there like, mm, mm, what? <laughs> like wiping my mouth, like hiding it, putting it down. Like, I am up, bro. a
1: Wendy's movie queen. I will bring the Wendy's to every theater.
0: No, there's a Wendy's outside the Southington theater. It doesn't matter. So, <laughs> let's go back to the story before people get mad. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> Um, it's it's our podcast. This is why you're here. We're us. Um, so at this point they're partying, and so what I was able to find, I was able to find Graham Presley's uh, testimony of what the night looked like from there, and because I there's there's obviously the very general overtone of what happens this night. Um, but so what Graham says is that Jesse actually comes, Jesse Ruggie comes in and tells party goers to go, tells them to leave. And all the, the only people that are left um, are Graham. Oh man, whose name am I missing? Natasha. Natasha. And Nick and Jesse Ruge. And so what happens? Thank you, D. Because my brain keeps like farting. So then a knock comes at the door, and Jesse Ruge opens it, and they and Graham says that Jesse becomes fidgety that so he obviously is anxious nervous about something that's about to happen mm-hmm. and or more nervous and more fidgety than he usually was which implies that he's always an anxious person which I would imagine being like Jesse Jesse's number two or whatever yeah. might come with that right. um, but who comes in is a duffel bag uh holden man Ryan Hoyt um and he's described as looking angry and puzzled which I'm trying to figure out what that looks like so maybe he <laughs> walks in and he's trying to figure out like the context of like who this Nick kid is, why he has to do what he has to do. I don't know. Um, but he goes to the bathroom and Graham says that he sees him cleaning a gun magazine and he can see the barrel of a gun sticking out of a duffel bag. He also then goes on to say that Jesse Ruge left the room with Ryan Hoyt for about 20 minutes and then came back. And then Jesse Ruge told Graham to show Ryan, if you guys can keep up, um, (laughs) to the way, the way to lizard's mouth, which is a super popular hiking spot, um, in the area. And once they got there, Ryan Hoyt handed Graham like a shovel out of the duffel bag and told him to dig a seven foot by two, roughly, hole as deep as he could. Now, Graham would tell people that he thought he was digging his own grave. Like, because if you were asked to go with someone you don't know deep into the woods and start digging, do you and you know, he has a gun. Do you not think that's for you? Right. You know, so he was he talks about how he was terrified about that. Um, however, when he, Ryan ends up telling him to stop, they get back in the car and they go back to the lemon tree Inn and pick up Jesse Ruggie and Nick. Um, and he also mentions that at this point, Nick is not protesting because Nick thinks he's going home. So he thinks this is finally it. Like, I'm going to go home. We're fine. We're done. Um, and while there's no description of the car ride, um, we can, we can go on to what Graham says. He says that, it wasn't until that time in the ride, when he get to Lizard's mouth, um, that he realizes that the grave actually definitely wasn't for him, but they were going to kill Nick. And so they park in the same spot, and Ryan tells Graham and Nick to get out of the car. Um, Graham leads them back towards the grave, but they, again, people are there by. like So there are late night hikers right. on the trail, and Graham says they kind of have to step aside and let people go, and they had to let them pass so that no one sees what's happening. And then Graham says that he gets something like lead feet, like he can't move and go any further because he's aware of what's going to happen. His guilt, his conscience, anxiety is just overwhelming him. And at some point I believe they in some of the in the stories they say that he threw up. Um so what happened? He just said he felt like his life was crumbling to dust, and he didn't know what to do. And that he was like standing by himself in the darkness as they all walked ahead, and he was crying uncontrollably. And after about twenty minutes, he heard gunshots. And then after twenty minutes, after or twenty minutes after that, uh, Ryan Hoyt and Jesse uh, Ruggie came back. So what ends up happening in the time that they leave? Jesse, uh, Jesse Graham hears the gunshots and Jesse Ruggie and Ryan Hoyt comes back is this, cause D doesn't like talking about bad things.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> so what happened was once they arrived at the hole that Graham had dug, Nick then was duct taped around his wrists and his ankles and on his mouth. And once Nick, uh, Jesse Ruggie was done taping him up, Ryan hit him over the head with the shovel and pushed him into the grave that they had dug. And then he... Aimed the gun at him and shot him nine times in the chest, chin, and stomach. Um, then they covered Nick's body with some dirt and some nearby fallen branches and left. Yep. And apparently, I guess um, from one of the readings, I'm not sure if it's true, I couldn't find it anywhere else, that he was paid, that Roy, Ryan Hoyt was paid $400 for for the job afterward. Um, so and all this, exactly. Is it, is it worth the rest of your life when I think so about it. things like that? Um however we talked about this being a super popular hiking trail. People mm-hmm. when they were going to kill this kid, there were hikers on the trail. Mm-hmm. And so on August 12th, uh hikers would be hit with a smell or an odor of something rotting. Yeah, the
1: temperatures um, had gotten, you
0: know, it's California LA, in the it summer. It's like
1: 100 yeah. degrees. So they were so here and then Nick w- wasn't really buried. They just put stuff on top of it.
0: Right. Him. And so, again, this is a good time to kind of not mind your own business and things like this. And so what they did was they followed the smell. Um, Worst case scenario, it's a dead wildlife animal. You know, best case scenario, it's a dead wildlife animal. Worst case, it's a person. Um, And they find, they end up stumbling upon the grave where Nick was. But his body was so badly decomposed. Again, the summer heat. um, I'm imagining that wildlife came by, all this stuff. Um, He was so badly decomposed that it would take two days yeah. Um, to identify him as the missing Nick Markowitz, and they were able to identify him only because they had his fingerprints on file from his prior year marijuana arrest. When he was arrested. So, this is where we, where we are, mm-hmm. finally. Yeah. Um. And then we get homegirl, who was the most concerned.
1: Yeah, Natasha. And
0: all of this. And if you want to talk about Natasha, I've been talking a lot. I'll leave you to your <laughs> to your business.
1: Yeah. So. You know, we spoke about how Natasha was concerned and she went up to her mother. Um, So they get back um, and they tell Natasha at first that he was okay. They returned him home. But then there's news about the body that was found. Mm -hmm. And she realizes that everybody had lied to her. And she decides to go to the cops. So they took actually a plea because she was around during the night of the murder. Right, so she wouldn't get any charges. She spoke and she named all the guys that were involved. All the guys say it, sis. She told everything, say it. She tell told them all, tell them everything. everything <laughs> and she got her immunity because of it. Um, and she told everyone. So
0: I would have sang like a bird. You hear me?
1: Yeah, she told, I would have
0: been a nightingale.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, Lord Ryan Holt, Jesse Ruge, William Skidmore. Graham, Presley, Presley. all get arrested. Snatched up. All of them get arrested. But you know who doesn't get arrested? (laughs) (laughs) Take the words out of my mouth. Right. Jesse James Hollywood. So at this time... (laughs)
0: 90.
1: At this time, talk about network. Talk about friends. Talk about people that you know. At this point, he is on the run. He is going from friend two friends' house, literally around LA, around Las Las Vegas, just sleeping at people's house. Um, He has a friend that he's staying with for a while, driving him around. He leaves his money in this guy's car. It's very interesting. Mm -hmm. And this guy was like, stay here. I'm going to come back and get you. Never comes back. So he gets about $10,000 taken from him. So he's on the run. During this whole time that he's on his run, the run, from what we know, he is in contact with his father.
0: His dad, he is constantly in contact.
1: Constantly in contact his, his with his father and his attorney. Um, he gets up to Seattle, Washington, where mm-hmm. he's able to get a fake ID. Um, he has a friend loan him $8,000. He gets a fake ID.
0: Those are the friends you need. <laughs> Not the ones that help you cover up murder, guys. I'm just saying, like, the ones who...
1: It's so many people, though, that he, he stayed in a trailer in the, what, a Moldov uh, desert. Like, he stayed... It's literally
0: drugs, man. When you when you deal drugs, everywhere. the amount of people you meet yeah. is insane. Like, the amount of people you have to connect with and go to obtain the stuff is wild.
1: Like, you named it, he literally stayed there. So, he gets this fake ID in Seattle, um, and then he gets smuggled up to um no actually he gets a fake id in uh sorry la that takes him to seattle so he takes a plane up to seattle from seattle he gets smuggled into canada like in the back of somebody's car i mean again 2000s we don't have this is before
0: 9 11 (laughs) right
1: then we don't have the security that we do now so he gets smuggled up to canada he gets another passport and another id in canada by another name and he ends up going to Brazil. He is there. So at this point he's no one knows where he is. They're looking for him. He is on like America's uh, Most Wanted. The honored. FBI's
0: most wanted list. Yeah. Like, he's been he's they are looking for him. He was the in fact
1: our favorite show that just came back. Why am I blinking?
0: Unsolved Mysteries. Unsolved
1: Mysteries. He's also on Unsolved Mysteries. <laughs> This uh, case is getting uh, worldwide attention at this point. How
0: he managed to avoid a nationwide manhunt,
1: but he avo- like yeah. How, you Dad, yo. nowadays
0: that would be nowadays it'd almost be nearly impossible, even with the network. But like just because of like cameras and social media and stuff. But like geez, mm-hmm. to know that you were just you could just hop around, you're ducking FBI agents and
1: five geez. years, five years you were hiding years. Uh, for him to uh, get caught. But anyways, he ends up in Brazil. He does little um, under-the-table jobs for people in Brazil uh, to get some money. Uh, he goes by the name, I think, Miguel or Michael down there. So, completely yeah, Miguel,
0: different Miguel, Costa, Giro. Oh, Michael, is. Costa. I said Miguel. He said Miguel, so I thought Miguel. They Michael said, Costa.
1: they called him Miguel, of course, down well, in because, Brazil. Yeah, yeah. Because language.
0: <laughs> Culture.
1: Yeah. <laughs> he, at this, I think, singles event, meets this lady named Marcia, who he gets pregnant. So, he's about to have a child with somebody like he. I would here.
0: argue that it's Marcia only because it's Brazil.
1: Maybe. <laughs> um, so she oh, gets pregnant, and you know, they, it's interesting because they say the reason why he gets her pregnant is because there was once upon a time in Brazil where if you got somebody pregnant there and you're about to father a child, you cannot be extradited to another country for a crime. Right. But at this time, that law went away so that law was not in existence. So they've all often questioned why he decided to father a child, but either way, um he's he's down there with her and he would uh, from ne- like every now and again get American visitors down there to visit him. Mm-hmm. So friends were visiting him.
0: The other thing I think people didn't realize in this is that homeboy one he was there illegally on like eight different levels. Like mm-hmm. his passport was fake. Right. Like he, he like,
1: I mean, just. So it wouldn't have helped him anyways because his right son, he would have been extradited because he was deported. So yeah, it, like it wouldn't get out. have mattered anyways whether uh, she was pregnant or not. But they, the neighbors said that every now and then they would throw barbecues when Americans friends would come down. So I guess Jesse James Hollywood gets word that another friend is coming down to see him. But what he didn't know is somebody had dropped. I guess. Information to the FBI saying that mm-hmm. they knew that he was down there. So all this time he's down there, well, maybe the last couple of years he's down there. The FBI is working with the um, the police or whoever does the thing Interpol. down in Brazil <laughs> yeah, um, to get him back, to extradite him. So this person that he thinks he's going to come visit him, that's a friend, actually turns out to be um, a spy or a cop for um, the Brazilian people. And he gets arrested. When he gets arrested, the whole time he's saying he's a father, he's going to be a dad, his name is not Jesse. He's not copying to this at all. But unfortunately, it does not work. He gets extradited. um, And he was sent to life without the possibility of parole. Good. Yes. He tried to get paroled in uh, 2006. Um, but he, uh, huh? No, No, I was going
0: to say, I was going to say initially they were, the prosecution was looking for the death penalty the same way they gave it to Ryan, Mm -hmm. which we didn't get to yet, but yeah, but they did, Ryan was charged with first degree murder, clearly, um, and was sentenced to death December 9th of 2001. Mm -hmm. And so they wanted to give the same thing to Jesse James, same thing, the same way they were doing it to like, say a Charles Manson, right? uh, where it's like, you masterminded all this, you put it all together, you knew what would happen,
1: right.
0: clearly, murder. Right. You get it too. But yeah. I'm well, not no, advocating one way or the other. I'm not going to have right. that conversation.
1: I mean, his. I guess because he wasn't there. Who knows?
0: Yeah. Or the money thrown behind lawyers and legal teams.
1: Mm. Daddy. And what's interesting is, we were talking about this uh, off the air, I guess, that his dad <laughs> did go and serve some time later on. What, 18 months, you said?
0: Yeah, he was, his dad got picked up on the charges that he was making GHB, and, but the charges did not stick, um, right. but while they were waiting, like, everything, and he was being held, it ended up being, like, a total of 18 months in an Arizona prison.
1: Right, so, so he never served any time for any of this. Um, while all of this is happening, Ben continuously Ben, you know, Nick's brother blames himself for right. all of this happening and his uh, mother, Nick's mother, Susan, uh, attempted suicide about a couple of times. I, I read twice, um, but she was suicidal after this uh, and what kept her going was just seeing or wanting to see uh, Jesse James be brought to just, justice, so right. she ended up yeah. writing a book about it.
0: And if you guys want to watch a terrible film <laughs> I, I
1: never did based I on
0: do it. <laughs> don't but if you wanted to suffer and waste an hour and 40 minutes of your life there's a movie called alpha dogs um starring one justin timberlake yes and if you <laughs> 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 i came out in 2006 recommend. um the movie is is um obviously based on this story um,
1: the movie is a very bruh movie. Like, but
0: it's yeah.
1: It's just I couldn't get through it. Could not.
0: It's not so don't waste your time. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, again, it had some pretty big names like Sharon Stone and I Bruce would Willis. And if
1: you guys just read Susan's book, like, right? Yeah. Support
0: his mother. Yeah. Um, the other piece is that they also won uh, an eleven million dollars civil suit um, against all the people involved. Essentially, <laughs> right? Like they named everybody as a as a defendant, um, and get your money, because rightfully so. I don't care if you did the right thing in the end, pay up. Um, If people wanted to find you on the internet, where would they look for you?
1: They don't, because I don't talk to people, because people (laughs) are weird. (laughs) I feel like, you know, COVID makes us, uh, forces us to socialize more than, um, well, I guess I should say myself, than I want to, because you're missing that physical, but anyways... If you want to talk to me, you could go on Instagram or Twitter. I'm bummed because my husband is now on Twitter. and I, so It was my safe zone. But it, He doesn't
0: follow me, so...
1: He's very ugh, political and libertarian and gross. You can't marry the perfect person. Now, there's always well, a flaw.
0: I was going to say, you married him. There's says, always like, a fucking flaw. Uh, I <laughs> if I
1: had a pick a flaw, I mean, it's not the worst, but I mean, the libertarianism. Ugh. God.
0: Anyways I'll be could, praying.
1: <laughs> you could find me. My uh social media names is <laughs> underscore D underscore Eza, Isa, I S A. Uh yeah, and that's on Twitter <laughs> and Instagram.
0: Yeah, if you want to find me, um my social media names don't change ever. And,
1: uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow! I'll need your shade.
0: <laughs> until until Charnell comes becomes available on both Twitter and Instagram, it'll just be at Charnel B, my first name, last initial. Um, it'll be written out C H A R N E I L B. I can't talk. It is I misspelled my name just now. That tells you I'm really hungry. Um, if you want to follow the podcast, you can find us on Instagram uh, and on Twitter at What Did You Do Pod. Um, you can look at our website um, if you want to kind of see a little bit more about us there. I'm gonna, I've been thinking about adding more simply because I've got a little bit more time now. Um, join the crew on Facebook. It's a nice community to have I like okay. seeing you guys interact with each other and I also like hearing what you guys do all the time um who was I thinking about today um I don't want to move my phone because I'm talking to you on it um yeah one of one of our listeners lost uh, a cat passed away over the weekend.
1: I lost my uh dog in December so I and it was ugly tears and inconsolable ugly tears so
0: yeah yeah they're family so we're thinking of you i'm Um, like trying uh, to
1: look through my phone as we talk i'm like is this right
0: right and also i need diana to mind her business and let me like pictures and videos (laughs) of her doing yoga with her husband (laughs) like you just need to let me i didn't
1: know what you guys were talking about and then i went on diana's instagram i was like oh and i I liked,
0: liked it i liked a video of her and her husband doing yoga and her husband just happened to be shirtless and she's like, oh, you like this picture? I was like, I like all your yoga videos. But yeah, I did notice that you're... Whatever. Yeah, I'm sure you <laughs> did notice. He okay. was very nice when we met them in New Orleans, is all I'm going to say. He was a very polite oh, it was, gentleman. It was
1: actually Bree. I
0: knew it was a three-letter name. <laughs> um, But Brie, we're sorry. Yes, we're, um,
1: we're super sorry.
0: That you lost your kitty cat. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah, there is... That's it. I don't think I have much else. No. um, Guys, I do... I do want to be more consistent with this and I'm, I'm my schedule is starting to open up a little bit more. Um, and I know that like D's got a lot going on still right now. And clearly I do too, but we, we talked about it vaguely and briefly in text like two days ago about being just a little bit more consistent. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't like being away for more than like a month. Like that's weird or more than two weeks. It just feels wrong because that's not the promise we had made or the commitment we had made. Um, and I miss podcasting. I, I like doing this. So mm-hmm. that's it. If I if you have nothing else, you want to say anything to the people before we sign off this bad boy?
1: Yep. Stay sexy. Keep it. Basic. Oh, and
0: and safe and healthy because yeah. COVID is still a thing regardless yes. of what people are saying.
1: My we have a plenty of listeners down south, so I want to right. especially because that's the main focus now. Um, wear a mask. Uh, listen to science and reason and not politics and stay safe
0: right wash your hands wear your masks because science um, is
1: real like you know
0: it, it very much is florida and i would just <laughs> like <laughs> oh man if you guys one last thing i'll say and then we'll sign off i've been watching this instagram comedian uh ben brainard or barnard i think it's brainard that's whatever um but he does this he does these kind of role plays as different states Mm-hmm. and they talk about a lot of things but coronavirus tends to be the the, the thread that runs through them all mm-hmm. and it's just funny hearing him like portray the different personalities of different states um because it's so true yeah. like california and florida and new york are dead on like exactly i think what I've, the, I've seen what you're talking um, about but follow him if you want to laugh at yourself because i don't think he's done connecticut yet and i think it's because we're well-behaved for the yeah, most part, very, apparently, by <laughs> we're, we're like where the right, right, right now we're the, the safest state to be in. Praise mm-hmm. God. But that's it. Go find some laughs, find some joy. I hope this brings you some joy. I know some of you guys have messaged me like, where are you guys? Have you like, have you quit? Have you stopped making it? Like, no. I would yeah, tell no, you if I quit. I don't like Chanel, so I
1: it. Because I'm
0: dramatic, so I'd have to draw it out and blame D and make it a big internet <laughs> blow up. I wouldn't even do it that way. I would just record an episode with somebody else and upload <laughs> it. <laughs> I know where you live and, and you can come on by and, and the episode will still be up. So you, <laughs> <laughs> you Listen, come on I'll pull find
1: out. all the passwords. I have access to things and upload my own. <laughs> and we would have just beef, beef
0: It would be the weirdest. It would be the weirdest thing. Anyway, y'all <laughs> uh, y'all be good, be safe. We will talk to you sooner than we've been. Yep. So just know that.
1: Yep. Bye. Bye.